a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep it bare arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm so glad you've joined us on the program today where we are still uh, shaking out some of the results of uh, last week's midterms. We'll get to that in just a moment. Before we do, however, this episode brought to you by Direct Bullion USA, the new gold standard of gold and silver dealers. You wouldn't let the swamp of Washington, D.C. take your guns, so why would you let them take your retirement? Visit directbullionusa.com today and start learning how to protect your financial freedom by requesting a free investment guide. Secure, protect, and diversify. Get started now at directbullionusa.com. So we are going to be talking about uh, some of the election results, and uh, unfortunately, not good news to talk about today. We're going to be uh, discussing some new battleground states when it comes to the right to keep and bear arms. But you know what? I'm going to sweeten the uh, the sour just a little bit before we get to the uh, the bad news. I just have to show off this little guy, our new puppy, who we were not expecting. We got a, a surprise puppy this weekend. This is Bentley. Uh, who is 11 weeks old, a uh, Bernie's Mountain Dog, and uh, Bentley was in need of a new home, and in uh, ours is the new home. So I was hoping to actually have Bentley here on camera this morning, but uh, Bentley is actually napping right now, and you know what they say about letting sleeping dogs lie? Doubly so when it comes to uh, puppies that are teething. So uh, hopefully Bentley will make an on-camera appearance here, uh, you know, video and not just a uh, photograph in the near future but uh there you go soak in the puppy cuteness because now we got to talk about some not so great news it looks like there are going to be at least two states and possibly a third that have flipped to complete democratic control as a result of uh, last week's elections uh michigan wisconsin And shockingly to me, uh, perhaps even Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania State Senate has flipped to Democrat control for sure. They are still counting some House races there, and it looks like the margins are going to be razor thin in terms of uh, who controls the state house. Uh, Josh Shapiro, Pennsylvania's anti-gun attorney general, is going to be the state's next anti-gun governor. Uh, And that could be really bad news because, unfortunately, while all of these gains in Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania were pretty slender, it's not like uh, Democrats are going to enjoy veto-proof majorities in any of those bodies. Uh, And again, Pennsylvania is still too close to call, but, but let's just assume for the sake of argument that Pennsylvania flips and we see a Democratic control of both the House and the Senate, they're not going to have large margins. But that's not going to stop them, I, I, I fear. Uh, and we saw this in Virginia back in 2020 when uh, in the 2019 elections, Democrats took control of the state government for the first time in something like 30 years. Right. They had the governor's office. They had both chambers of the legislature. And the very first thing that they did in Virginia was announce, we're going after your guns. Uh, the bill that uh, Governor then Governor Ralph Northam uh, was backing would have not only banned the sale and manufacture of so-called assault weapons, it would have banned the continued possession for legal gun owners. Now, that bill ultimately was watered down, and it still ended up dying uh, in the legislative session. But Democrats made gun control a priority, and they put more than a half dozen new gun control laws on the books in 2020. 
And then the following year, what do we see in Virginia? Well, we saw Republicans state all uh, sweep all of these statewide offices, recapture control of the House of Delegates. Our state Senate elections aren't until next year, but uh, we will see what happens. Democrats overreached in Virginia, and they paid a price. I am afraid that they're about to overreach in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania, uh, and certainly in Michigan, where it looks like gun control is, uh, yes, indeed, uh, one of the uh, first to-do items on Democrats' wish list, uh, Governor uh, Gretchen Whitmer, during the campaign, had said that she supported increasing uh, gun control laws, including uh, storage mandates, uh, red flag laws, and uh, those might be a, a couple of the priorities, although there was also a, a poll back in uh, September found uh, 90% of respondents favored background checks on all gun sales. Uh, three out of four Republicans who were polled supported creating a specific law to hold gun owners responsible if children illegally accessed and used a firearm. Uh, and a majority of those polled also supported a three-day waiting period on gun purchases, increasing the age to buy a firearm from 18 to 21, uh, at least when it comes to, quote-unquote, assault-style assault firearms uh, and uh, other comparable measures. So those are some of the gun control laws that are uh, likely to be introduced and debated in Michigan in the coming weeks. Uh, and I would expect that that laundry list of uh, gun control items is also likely to be uh, seen in Wisconsin uh, and in Pennsylvania as well, even if, frankly, even if Republicans hang on to control of the state house, Senate Democrats are certainly going to be pushing these uh, gun control measures Many of which, again, I, I have to say, I think uh, are going to be seen as overreach when they, when and if they take effect, but are certainly going to be seen as constitutionally suspect uh, by the courts. Uh, you know, when it comes to things like banning magazines, when it comes to things like uh, banning so-called assault weapons, or even raising the age to purchase uh, a firearm from 18 to 21, you know, right now federal law says that they have to be 21 to purchase a handgun at retail, but you can purchase a rifle or a shotgun at age 18. And we've already seen, you know, federal courts around the country, including before the Bruin decision, by the way, when a three-judge panel in the Ninth Circuit uh, struck down California's requirement that you must be 21 years of age to purchase a, quote-unquote, assault weapon, which are already supposedly banned in California anyway, uh, that was before the Bruin decision was handed down. Now, that decision was put on ice by an en banc panel of the Ninth Circuit. Uh, and in the meantime, we've got a, uh, uh, a case out of the Eleventh Circuit Court of Appeals uh, challenging Florida's ban on gun sales to under 21s, a ban, by the way, that our friend uh, Ryan Petty uh, told us last week he wants to see undone by the Florida legislature. Uh, in the months ahead. But this is still very much a live issue. Things like, you know, well, when do your Second Amendment rights kick in? Can you be denied your right to keep and bear arms until you reach the age of 21, even though historically there were no prohibitions on 18, 19, 20-year-olds uh, being able to exercise their right to keep and bear arms? Storage mandates, again, are another sticky subject. Uh, you know, nobody wants to see minors or juveniles uh, get a hold of a firearm use it to harm themselves or somebody else, uh, whether intentionally or accidentally. The problem is, how do you write a storage law in such a way that it can uh, prevent access by those unauthorized individuals while still allowing gun owners to access their farms for the purposes of self-defense? And the honest answer is, 
it's really tough to do. Not that it really matters to gun control advocates who are much more concerned, again, about preventing access by anybody than ensuring that people can access a firearm for the purposes of self-defense. They don't really care about that part. Uh, Their language that they've used in the past uh, is basically, well, as long as uh, you're not carrying the firearm on you, then the gun needs to be locked up, ammunition stored separately. Uh, But if it's on your person or uh, sometimes they'll use the vague phrase under your control, then the firearm can be out. Uh, But unless, again, it's it's you're wearing it or you have control of it, you got to lock it up. Um, That, again, I think is constitutionally problematic. Because most of us aren't going to go to sleep with a gun strapped to our hip, right? Or our ankle, for that matter. Most of us are not going to be carrying in our sleep. We're not going to be carrying while we're in the shower. We're not going to be carrying while we're getting up in the morning and brushing our teeth. And yet, crime can strike at any given time. It was just a few weeks ago we had this uh, defensive gun use, a mom, I believe in Michigan, actually, who was getting ready for work in the morning. Her kids were up, they were around, and all of a sudden, guy breaks into her house. And she was forced to use her firearm in self-defense to protect herself and her kids in the early morning hours, you know, as she's getting ready for work and they're getting ready for school. Now, she didn't have her gun on her at that point in time, but she was able to get access to it. What would have happened had she not been able to do so? Had she been fumbling around, trying to open up the safe, and then going to where the ammunition is stored separately? You can see how, again, that puts a, uh, I believe, an unconstitutional burden on law-abiding gun owners. Uh, But it's not going to stop anti-gun lawmakers from moving forward with these provisions. Oh, no, 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 no. In fact, uh, Shannon Watts, another gun control activist there, quote, eager to get to work in the uh, coming legislative session, not only in Michigan, but again in Wisconsin and uh, perhaps Pennsylvania as well. Not to mention the, uh, I think, 16 other states where Democrats have a uh, a government trifecta, right? They've got the governor's office. They've got both chambers of the legislature. Republicans uh, have the same thing in 26 states. So they do still outnumber Republican or, uh, Democrats. But there are going to be, unfortunately, an expanded number of Second Amendment battleground states across the nation in the coming months. And uh, gun owners, we're going to need to stay involved. We're going to need to stay engaged. And, of course, we've got to stay informed as well. Uh, now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there from Arkansas, where a, a Little Rock man has been, uh, well, he's on the run now, wanted after a couple of arrests, violated the terms of his bond for a previous arrest back in 2020 that apparently he's not gone to trial for. Uh, Last Thursday, Pulaski County judge ordered the arrest of Alan Donnell Crutchfield after prosecutors reported that Crutchfield has twice been arrested on allegations involving violence since he was first arrested in July of 2020 on charges of unlawful discharge of a firearm as well as felon in possession of a firearm. His most recent arrest, September 23rd, police say he assaulted a woman who was found with, quote, multiple visible injuries He's further accused of assaulting one of the arresting officers, drawing blood on both of the man's arms, as well as threatening to kill another officer. Police filed five felony charges against Crutchfield at the time, including second-degree domestic battery, terroristic threatening, and aggravated assault on a law enforcement officer. Bill was set at $15,000. 
He was behind bars for uh, about a week and a half and then posted bond and remains at large. He has served uh, two prison terms for robbery. In fact, he spent close to half of his life either in jail or on parole or probation. Uh, Most recently, again, in July of 2020, he was arrested on this unlawful discharge uh, count after police identified him as a man seen driving away, uh, firing a gun through the sunroof of a car. Yeah. Um, He spent about three months in jail before uh, persuading the judge to reduce his bond to $15,000, which he posted about uh, six weeks later in December of 2020. He was then arrested about five months later on an aggravated assault charge. A uh, woman told investigators that Crutchfield had tried to run over, excuse me, a man, uh, told him that uh, Crutchfield had tried to run over him with a car. Uh, Police found uh, Crutchfield and the victim near a a broken down car. Crutchfield claiming that the uh, alleged victim, uh, Courtney Lakeith Walker, had been in an argument. They got physical when he tried to get away from the altercation. Crutchfield tried to chase him down in his car. Crutchfield spent about four months in jail before he was uh, able to post a $10,000 bond in August of 2021. At that point, though, he was then facing felon possession charges stemming from a May 2021 incident involving his mom. I know, right? And again, just a laundry list of criminal charges for Mr. Crutchfield dating all the way back to, I believe, 2010, uh, at least 2013. No, 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 excuse me. 2004 was his first prison sentence, 18-year prison sentence after being guilty to robbery. Uh, that had been reduced, by the way, from uh, an armed carjacking charge. Yeah. Uh, he was 18 when he was arrested. 18-year term in 2004. But uh, by January 2013, he was already out because that's when he was arrested for a second-degree battery of a Little Rock police officer. And since then, basically, it's been in a jail, out of jail, new charges, old charges, new charges, plea bargain. And uh, the criminal justice system just seems to have a very difficult time taking Mr. Crutchfield seriously here. Uh, Today's Armed Citizen story from Warner Robins, Georgia, where a a man saved a distressed child by holding a a suspected kidnapper at gunpoint. Yeah. Kelsey Willis is the uh, armed citizen's name. He said, I heard the kid screaming, please don't beat me. He said, so that's when my instinct kicked in. So I sped on up to go get that kid. He had stopped at a uh, Walmart there in uh, Warner Robins, wanted to get his oil changed. And he said, uh, as a buddy was uh, filling us in to get our oil changed, we heard a little kid screaming. So we turned to the corner down there. We seen him getting snatched out of the car. And the man was taking him behind the building. We thought he was using the bathroom, but it took him way too long to come back from behind the building. And so when he heard this kid screaming, he said he felt like he had to take action. So the screaming kept getting louder and louder, and it didn't sit right with us. He said, my first instinct was to grab my gun and go get that kid out of the woods. Once he got into the woods, he realized the danger the child was in. He said, by the time I came around the corner, the adult was on top of him, choking him. And at that point, I just put my gun up and held him a gun point and grabbed the kid. Uh, Amazingly, Willis was one of uh, several people who helped to uh, rescue that child from the uh, would-be abductor. Willis says he believes were it not for his actions and the quick thinking of others that this could have turned out very differently. He said, if I didn't step in, I didn't react as fast as I did. The kid would probably be dead. He would have choked the child cold once we got the kid out of the woods. He said the man was going to beat him and leave him for the animals. Yeah. Um, this was now, I said this was a first reported as a kidnapping. Warner Robbins police said they're not classifying it that way because the adult and the child are related. But the child was charged with aggravated assault as well as cruelty towards a child. 
And again, this uh, horrific crime prevented from going any further and perhaps a life saved uh, thanks to the quick thinking and the fast actions of uh, Kelsey Willis and again, uh, other bystanders in Warner Robins, Georgia. I'm very curious to see, by the way, how much media attention this story gets. Armed citizen saves kid from, uh, well, originally the story was saves kid from kidnapping. Now the story appears to be armed citizen saves kid from possibly being uh, uh, killed by his father. One would think that would be worthy of some national news attention, right? But I'm not convinced that this case is really going to go beyond local media and the world of the Second Amendment media. I I, I don't expect to see this on NBC NBC Nightly News tonight, sadly. Uh, Today's uh, armed citizen story. No, we just did our armed citizen story. Our uh, good deed of the day. How about that? Which, to be fair, saving a kid from uh, a potential death That's a pretty darn good deed of the day. But uh, we've got another one for you as well. Uh, This from, where was this story? From Cornelius, North Carolina. That's where this story was from. A uh, family in Cornelius thanking a police officer from saving them uh, from their burning home. The officer was on patrol in Cornelius when he saw the house and car on fire. Homeowner uh, Tim Sitnikov said the police said, everybody get out of the house, get out of the house. Thankfully, uh, every member of the Sitikov family, including the family's two dogs, got out safely. Uh, Krista Sitikov says we were sleeping and like all of a sudden I heard this bang, bang, bang on the door. So strong. She said, I got scared. But she said that night he saved all of our lives. He's still on duty. Who knows what he's going to do next? Extensive damage, unfortunately, to the uh, Sitikov home. And what's even worse is police say that uh, the fire apparently was set intentionally. So this is an arson investigation. Um, They do, they say, have a possible suspect in the case. Uh, Not aware of any arrests. But again, thanks to the uh, quick thinking and the fast actions of that officer in Cornelius, North Carolina, the Sitikoff family uh, is alive and well and safe and sound today. And we thank that officer for his very good deed. That is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. I do appreciate you being a part of the program as always. I'm looking forward to being back with you tomorrow with even more of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. But I'd encourage you in the meantime to check out BearingArms.com. We are constantly updating the website with all the news you need to know about the threats to your right to keep your arms, as well as victories strengthening and supporting your right to armed self-defense. If you like what you see, you can always become a VIP subscriber as well. We just wrapped up our big uh, VIP week, but I'm going to give you another promo code you can use if you go to barryandarms.com slash subscribe. Just use the promo code GUNRIGHTS and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. Not only will you be getting exclusive content and commentary from Bearing Arms, but you'll get the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing that you are helping to support the independent pro-Second Amendment journalism that we're doing. And it does make a difference. And it really does matter. So thank you again. Enjoy the rest of your Monday as best you can. We'll be back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.